Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. 44 at Sports Unfolded. I am your host, Eric, with my main man right there, the only main man, Ron. How are you today? Uh, looks like we're going to uh, have a great show. The blood is boiling, here. Eric. The oh, blood boy. is boiling. All right. Let's put this picture up. We'll start off with Alito's story. So we have to put this guy up. This person has been fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars after 13 games. Do you agree with the move? Oh, gosh. He should have been fired a long time ago. Right? That's what I was going to say. I don't agree with the move. It should have been done probably weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, then yes, it should have been weeks ago. <laughs> but it, it can't go any further than what it is now. He could he might have already destroyed Lawrence. He might have already destroyed him. Might yeah, be too so, late. So I looked at a couple different things, right? But obviously they're 2-11. So you think about the record overall. But this started way back when he first hired Chris Doyle as a strengths coach who made racist remarks and bullied players in, in, in Iowa and black players in Iowa, which was known, still decided to hire him. <coughs> yeah. Obviously the choice. video, right? Obviously the videotaping uh, with a female dancing with him inappropriately that wasn't his spouse after a loss instead of traveling back with the team. Signing Tim Tebow in the offseason when we all knew that that was just – it was more of a PR stunt. Calling the coaches losers. But then we find out also he kicked the kicker during a warm-up. And, and, and it's just like, what is this man? So, first and foremost, I would have liked to seen him try to kick a linebacker. Because then at least I would say – because when they put you back down in your place, because that's what would have happened. And I'm not saying this kickers couldn't have done that, but – Pick on somebody you know that's like 250 and just pure muscle and see if it would have had the same result. If I was a kicker, I would have kicked his head over the field. Right? Should have. <laughs> so I don't listen. So let me ask you this question. Does he get an, another head coaching job? Probably not in the NFL. But not in the college. NFL, he won't. Do you think somebody in college, though, would honestly give him a Oh, chance? yeah, because, you know, it, it's all about the money. Which and college because- wants to win, so they're going to hire him because they know he can win. So That's was, how, it's, how it is. There was allegations when he was in Ohio State with one of his assistant coaches, and he covered up some stuff. And so, I, I look, everywhere this guy's going, and everybody seems to forget he, he was in Florida back in the day with Aaron Hernandez and what Hernandez did, uh, you know, on campus. And yep. even uh, Cam Newton had some issues when he was in Florida before he transferred to Auburn. So, this guy, everywhere he's gone, has basically created a mess. In these organizations, I hope he never gets a job again. And you know, look, Jacksonville should have never hired him. There were other coaches that they could have gotten and would have done wonders for this team. And they just, I mean, you got to blame it on the franchise. I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to it's the franchise. And again, you look at some of these franchises and you wonder what they do with the decisions they make. And like you have Lawrence as your number one pick, and you have Urban Meyer 
with all the baggage that he carries along with him and you're going to put your franchise in his hands I, I i don't understand that there's so many people that are qualified around the league and that's what you come up with because it was a money play yeah so i am employing uh you know we are talking about sponsorships and is a shot con is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars who just wasted $60 million on a head coach because now basically he's he's owed that money, Urban Myers. I'm sure that uh, Urban Myers, I'm sure they'll fight it in court and try to get some. But if he wants to throw some of that money to Sports and Fuller so we can really get, we'll, we'll create Absolutely. our own and make a great show. Absolutely. I mean, obviously he's got money to burn. Um, so you, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, and I looked at it 58% completion percentage currently. He's been sacked 25 times, so the offensive line has to improve. Nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions. We did not see any improvement so far during this season under Meyer. Hopefully this kid gets a, a coach in there that can actually help him because he is a talent. Listen, I don't think he's a bust at this point. I think he just had poor coaching, poor leadership, someone who really didn't care about the organization. Well, didn't he make some comments about – you know, Urban Meyer, after he was fired. He's basically so he, said, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's At least they have some clarity now in, in, in a direction. And I don't think they were getting that from the coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, and, and that says a lot from a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got this kid coming in. You know, everybody thinks he's, like, the next great one. and And he's had that label since eighth grade yep. you know he's going to be a sure thing and then here he is comes in and like he there's no growth in the first season when you look at other quarterbacks that just came in obviously you know mac jones you see that growth every week even with justin fields yeah He's taking a pounding over there, but you see the growth. Yeah, you see, you see an improvement over when he first started. Right. So we did a we did a face uh, Twitter poll, uh, and the question was, do you think Josh McDaniels will be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Eighty three percent said no. I'm but one I of those eighty three percent. I will say he's in play. I would think he would be in play if you think about the job he's done with Mac Jones, and you talk about a rookie quarterback. Look what he did with Mac Jones. You the can't question, tell me that's the question I have. Does he really want to leave New England? No, that is I'm not question. saying you can't tell me Jacksonville will not be looking at Josh McDaniels. Based oh, on I'm, the I'm not saying they're Mac gonna. Jones. They're not gonna look. They're gonna look. Yeah, right. So I don't think he's gonna be the guy. I don't think he'll go to Jacksonville either. I don't think. I think he'll realize that organization's still a little bit chaotic. I think he just wants to wait it out and take over for Bill. That's that's. Honestly, what I think is going to happen. Most likely, most likely. Let's talk some more NFL and a lot going on with this COVID-19 situation. So currently the Cleveland Browns, the Washington football team, the Los Angeles Rams all have double-digit players out due to COVID protocols. Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum are out currently for the Browns. They did finally move that game to Monday night, the NFL, about time. That took way longer than it should have once we found out how many players were going to be out for the Browns. But that game has been moved. OBJ, Jalen Ramsey, out for the Rams right now. Now they just oh, announced Tyler, 
Tyler Heineke for the Washington Redskins, uh, Washington yeah. football team, will be out oh, as well. Oh. I, I had a Freudian slip there. I, I, it's still hard. They got the names coming. The admirals, uh, the presidents, all these yeah, comrades. Terrible. They're all terrible. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. The only one I like, Red Hogs. I don't even like that. I do because then people who have hogs are going to be upset because the hogs aren't probably red, and then it's going to turn into something else. Yeah. But anyway. Let's go back to, to the NFL. So they did place some new rules in place for the COVID-19. I'm not sure if you knew about them. Kind of, they're going to do uh, testing. If you get two tests within 24 hours um, and you show no symptoms to be able to spread it, you could possibly be able to go back onto the field sooner than waiting now. Do you like that move? Do you think it's a good move? Do you think the NFL is just trying to cover them, them themselves right now? Oh, they're just trying to cover themselves. That, that's all this is. Look, the NFL almost never gets anything right when it comes to social things they never get it right you know it's a little different than baseball baseball gets everything wrong nfl just gets all those social things wrong and covid is a social thing because it's it's spread through the contact and all that and and you know it's look this is a terrible situation. I don't know how, what the difference is going to make with Washington. I mean, not Washington. Cleveland's game being on Monday now. I, I still don't think they're going to have a quarterback. Like, they're going to have to start their third stringer in a game that they have to win. They have to win this game. And, you know, like we were talking about all this before the show, Eric, and and it's like, yes, I understand the Super Bowl. There's a lot of money. Things are in place. What the NFL should have done is plan ahead. Just assume, and you don't want to assume, but you just got to think that something is going to go wrong and we're going to have to postpone a game. If you put that Super Bowl one week later, Move the playoffs one week later so you're not having, you know, three-week layoffs, you know, in between the Super Bowl and the, the you know, the ASC and NFC championship games. You still have that same time frame, but you're getting – everybody's getting a bye after the season, basically. So you have that week off to prepare for the playoffs, and that's what they should have done Right from the very beginning, that makes sense. It it keeps everything safe. It keeps the schedule, you know, on point. Just giving everybody a week to prepare for the playoffs. That's all it is. So I think and, what ended up happening too, and you, we're not going to get into <coughs> you vaccinate, not vaccinate. That's that's uh, you know a personal issue for for another time. But I truly believe the NFL thought with all of the players that were going to be vaccinated, that they wouldn't have these outspreads. And it just goes to show that regardless if you're vaccinated or not, that this is a possibility. And to your point, they didn't plan it that way. They just assumed oh. we're going to have 70 to 80% of our players vaccinated. We shouldn't run into a problem. There's players now that have been vaccinated, have already tested positive in the past, and now currently coming back and testing positive again. Yeah. One in one uh, case in point um, is Sean Payton the head coach for the uh, New Orleans Saints, who now right. tested positive again after testing positive last year and will not coach in the game this Sunday. Right. So 
again, another big game for New Orleans. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, where do you draw the line? Like, I mean, you got to – look, you just got – look, when it really comes down to is, first of all, as a player on your team, you know, say I'm Gilmore. And I'm on, you know, Carolina now. Um, if I'm not vaccinated, then that's on me. You know, if I get it and then I spread it throughout, you know, the team. But the point is, it's like, shouldn't these players kind of take precautions and not be all loosey-goosey and going out and and but, being, I, you know, in in look, places we're we're seeing we're seeing numbers rise across the country and across the world again. Right. And what happened was everybody was so bottled up. I think once this vac these vaccines came out, people got less cautious about it. Right. And right. right I every time I see a player now at the end of the games and they're they're, they're giving daps and they're hugging, and I'm just thinking about and I don't know if it's just because. Again, it's ingrained in my brain now after so long. Like, you don't hug. You don't, you know, handshakes. You don't do these things. All these guys are doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, what happens if one of these guys has it, and now you've just spread it to another team who's then going to spread it to another team? Like and we'll talk about how that worked out for the Bruins for and the, the, NHL. the NHL. So, um, so let's, let's, let's move on to some just football. And we got this big matchup coming up tomorrow night, 8 p.m., between our New England Patriots, nine and four New England Patriots, and the Indianapolis Colts, who are seven and six currently. As we normally do before each game, we kind of break down what we think the keys to the game are. So what do you think some initial keys to the game are? Well, they're going to have to stop the running game. That is a must. Um, You can't let Taylor run all over all over you. You can't do that. You can't allow that. Um, but I've seen the Patriots do that Ben don't break so many times in the past and and we've we've seen that. There is a certain amount of yards that you can get away with if you're creating turnovers. Now the problem is you can't just expect oh we're going to get some turnovers and that's the way we're going to win. You can't expect that. So you have to look. Bill Belichick takes away the number one Option. asset of a team. Mm -hmm. So if he takes away Taylor, then you're going to make a passing beach. And I think, I think like our chances in the passing game against the Patriots defense. So I was I was right with you, and then I looked at the numbers, and this is starting to concern me. So I first and foremost, numbers. first and foremost, um, on a turnover scale, yes, we create turnovers. Indianapolis has only turned over the ball sixteen times this season. Right, same as right. New England. So they protect the football. Yes, so they it's going to be hard to create turnovers. Right. Secondly, That's why I said you know they have yeah. to can't count on that. Absolutely. And secondly, if you think about a disciplined team, sixty-two penalties for the season. New England 73. So they they even they're smarter on that side of not cr creating right. some, you know, bad situations for the team. 
So I was like, okay, we're still, you know, this game's starting to scam me because I'm starting to look at the numbers. And I said, wait a minute. If you look at it, Indianapolis is 11th overall in offense, 21st passing, second rushing. So we know about their rushing attack. You said it. Jonathan Taylor, 1,348 yards, 16 touchdowns on the season. Yeah. Kid, kids having an unbelievable season, right? Right. 13th defensively, 12th against the pass, 16th against the rush. So you have an opportunity to possibly run the ball a little more. But then now Damian Harris has been ruled out for the game. So, again, down on another running back. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, let's see what he's going to have to carry the load. New England, offensively, is 18th overall in the league. 18th passing, 9th rushing. We know where their strength is. Again, Mac Jones is going to have to probably throw the ball a little bit because I think Indianapolis can can possibly Well, stop. his arm is rested, so yeah, I don't think be. it's After a problem. Three, right? Although now he's got an injury to the thumb. I don't know. New England third defensively, third against the pass, 18th against the rush. So, again, strength in Indianapolis Colts, running, we're not as good, stopping the run, very good against the pass. But then I said, oh, let me look at what Carson wants. If you can stop Jonathan Taylor and control that running game, Wentz probably is going to make mistakes. 63% passing, 2,900 yards, almost 3,000 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's not making mistakes. One key, 22 sacks on the season. Really good opportunity to make sure that pass run. Matt Junon's going to have a game. We need him to be in that backfield. That possibly could help. I'm nervous. This game here, we've talked about Buffalo. We've talked about Tennessee. But this team right now is playing very good football, Indianapolis. And their numbers are showing that they're not a bad team, even though they have six losses. Yeah, I you know, when you look at those numbers, Eric, it, like seven and six doesn't do it justice because, like, they're a better football team than Baltimore. Yep. And there's Baltimore eight and five, and they've just they've just soiled themselves in like several games and still come out on top. And I don't understand how how they've done it. This team. In my opinion, it finds a way to lose at times. So that is something that, yeah, they might not make mistakes, but they might make that one mistake at a crucial moment and lose that game by three points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so to me, they're finding ways to lose rather than finding ways to win. So they play well, they play well every game, and then something happens and they don't win. So I'm looking at it one aspect and the only – listen, I think we're pretty even both sides, both teams. The key is going to be the coaching. What Josh McDaniels throws up for Mac and what Bill Belichick does to control that running game, if they can do that and do it effectively, they should win this game. We'll, we'll obviously have this in our predictions in a little bit, but – Tomorrow night after the game, tune in to Sports Unfolded as we will do our Patriots post game, hopefully for win number eight in a row. Because Kansas City's on fire right now. Yeah. And we didn't even get to talk about it because of all the leadoff stuff. But Kansas City won last night, is in first place right now in the AFC. So we need New England needs to win this game. Yes, we do. To stay even. All right. So let's talk about some other games of interest for week 15. I, I came up with four games of interest. One I probably would change at this point with the 
the, the discovery that uh, Peyton won't be coaching, but I had that as one of my games. So I'll, I'll, I'll lead off with that. Saints have always given Tampa Bay some issues. The Bucks, Tom hasn't played very well against the Saints. I thought this was going to be an interesting game. Not that I thought the Bucks would lose, but that it could be an interesting game. Now with, with the coaching issue, I'm not as convinced that's as good a game. So I probably got three solid games. What do you got? Well, I have five games on my list. Uh, not sure one of them is very solid. Have you got the Minnesota-Chicago <laughs> game? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> the Washington-Philadelphia game. Could be an interesting game. They're both six and seven. Who knew? Yeah, right? They're still so the, the winner of this will, you know, have a shot at making the playoffs. A long shot, but it's a shot. Um. But it also signifies that they're not so far behind Dallas, even though Dallas, you know, took it to Washington last week. But, you know, I, I, I truly believe that those two teams might be heading in the right direction, more so Philadelphia, because they, they appear to have their quarterback. Yeah. They're still going to draft the quarterback. I would be shocked if they don't. Right, but, you know, I mean, they're not in dire straits as Washington yeah. is, I think. And and now Heineke being out, I mean, that's, that's yeah. big for Washington because so, the, the kid's at least a gamer. Yes. You know, so you – Like, you I like that, him, but I don't know if he is a starter. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So one of my other games I had was uh, Tennessee at the Steelers. Yep. And again, interest for New England. Tennessee wins. If we lose, now we drop the three. And obviously, you never know what Steelers team you're going to get. So Tennessee's looked really good at times and then looked really bad at times. So which Tennessee Titans team is going to be out there this week? Yeah. Uh I I have that game as well. Um it's a it's a must win for Pittsburgh, obviously. If Pittsburgh can win this game. And they get a little help from ball, like from Green Bay and Denver. Mm-hmm. Then they're in business, and Las Vegas as well. Still, yeah, they're still in that playoff push. They're and apparently, Pittsburgh getting help division. from COVID with Cleveland. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What else did you have? Uh, okay, so I got um, Cincinnati and Denver. I have that game. Both are seven and six, mm-hmm. and. You know, Cincinnati has to travel now to Denver, and maybe, maybe that is the key for them to making it is getting away from home and the pressure of having to perform. I don't know. Maybe they're playing. I think they're playing better on the road than at home, because it seems like every time they're home and they have that big game, they've they lost. Lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this might be what the doctor ordered, and going to Denver if they can beat Denver. Then I think Cincinnati might be a lock for the playoffs. And and to your point, they're both they both have the same record. So they're in a they're both fighting for that one position. Whichever right. team wins this game obviously takes that. Yeah, because if that, you go with eight jump and six, eight and six, it gives you it gives you that confidence to to carry on for the rest of the season. And there's not a whole lot of games left. So, you know. That eight and six record is big. Yeah. Is big. Because then you figure, okay, if we can win one more, 
there's a good possibility we make the playoffs. Yep. Yep. I also had the Packers at the Ravens. Right. And again, I, th- I think the Packers are a far superior team. Yep. But to your point, the Ravens always seem to hang around and uh, somehow scrap out wins. Yeah. And when but I, I don't think that's going to happen this time, yeah, I think Green Bay is going to yeah. route. If Lamar Jackson's not playing, I, again, Huntley played well in. Raleigh. Oh, he did. He did. But you never, I'm telling you, and it's and in Baltimore, you don't know. I don't, I'm just saying it could I be an interesting game. Yeah, it could be. Could be a 20 point win. It could be. What else you got? You should have one more, right? Uh, yeah, the Las Vegas, Cleveland. I, we I, know about that already. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, look, at, at, I, I I have some friends that are, are Raiders fans, and they were all excited, like, oh, yeah, you should play the game. I said, if it was the other way around and she was on the other foot, you would be hollering that the NFL didn't move this game. And just from a competitive standpoint, I've always been of the theory, listen, when New England was going through that run and we'd always somehow get lucky in that one player that was the star player on the other team would get hurt. And then people would always say, well, you didn't beat them when they had so-and-so, or you didn't beat that, right? Peyton Manning was out, or Marvin Harrison wasn't playing, or whatever it was. To me, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'd rather beat the Cleveland Browns at full strength than beat a team with 21 guys on on the injury list and say, well, we won a game. Because you know what happens the next game you play? You're getting, you're going to get beat because you just played a team that was like a college team. Well, they just got routed their last game, so... I mean, they want to do it to somebody else now. So <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe <laughs> that makes more sense. That makes more sense. So you know, look, it's just whether or not the only interest of this game is whether or not Cleveland can find a way we to said win. Week. I don't see every it possible. Week we said this. Like every week, we keep going. Okay, this team should be better than they are. Yeah, but now they are, the they're up against it, and this yeah. might be what they need. I'm telling you. If, if they don't win this game, though, they're, they're, they're in some serious trouble. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Eric. But like if they stop. do win this game, that speaks volumes for those players that gut it out and get that win. Right. If they win that game, the Packers beat the Ravens, Cleveland's back on top. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you think about the importance of that. All right, my friend. NFL – Check it out this Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Now, doubleheader. Triple playtime, my friend. So this was a fun one. And depending on how we looked at it, which we normally look at it differently, we'll see. But we're going to rank these. uh, We're going to decide which of these three players we're going to start, bench, and cut. And these are the rebounding leaders currently in the NBA. And that would be Rudy Gobert, Nikolai Jokic, and Clint Capella. And I believe I'm up first this week. So I am starting Rudy Gobert. And the reason why I'm starting Rudy Gobert is if you think about what we're comparing right now, we're talking about rebounding. Out of all three of these guys, his career average is 11.4 total rebounds a game. So he's the best rebounder. Also a five-time all-defensive and four-time all-NBA player. So you think about his the majority of what he does is on the defense and rebounding, and he's been five and four to me, shows that that's where his strength is. I am benching Clint Capella. Oh, my God. And I'm going to tell you why. So so he's currently, uh, for his career, 10.6 total rebounds per game. 
But last year was the leader in total rebounds at 14.3 rebounds a game. So he is getting better. He is actually improving with the Atlanta Hawks, and he is actually dominating. If you think about 14 rebounds a game, that's Dennis Rodman numbers. That's a rebounder, which means I cut Nikolai Jokic. And again, if you're talking about all-around player, best one on this list, he would start. But I am talking just about rebounds. Only 10 rebounds a game. He's a three-time All-Star, three all-time. Only, all only uh, 10. Out of the, uh, he's the lowest out of the three guys. So I would cut Nikolai Jokic if I was looking for just a pure rebounder. Obviously, what he does with the assists and the scoring would far surpass the other yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a rebounder, yeah. that's my okay. triple so play. Use what you said against you. Oh, here we go. When you talk about Gobert and, you know, he's the best rebounder and all that, that's all fine and dandy if you just want rebounds. That's we're ranking. Who just wants rebounds? Who? That's important. You tell me who just wants rebounds. And especially when it's only 1.4. So, really, one rebound more per game that he's giving you. I am starting Jokic because he's only one less than, than Gobert. I'm defensive player. Gobert. But, yeah. Bang. He's putting in... 18.8 points for game two. So you're getting those same rebounds at one less, one less, and still getting 18.8 points per game. Like, to me, that's a no-brainer. You rebound. take that one less rebound to get, what, six more points? That's, that's an easy decision in my book. And he also can pass underneath there, too. He gets his... Six assists. We're not talking about this. Is a guy, yeah, I know, but this is a guy that you don't think he can get one more rebound per game. (laughs) I don't think he's going to. He's he's not going to be a five time all defensive player. I'll tell you that right now, but go ahead. No, but he's still going to get those rebounds. He's still going to get those points. He's still going to get the assists. He's still going to dominate the game. Okay. Sorry. Gobert doesn't dominate the game. Okay. I do, however, put Gobert on my bench. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to have, you know, somebody back there. And, okay. and all those credentials for defensive player measures way beyond what Capella brings. And Capella is the guy I cut. Okay. So now to go against no, Joe. Like that one. Okay. No, not even close. Because oh, go it's, against, not, it's not close. You're right. Oh, it's not. To go against your argument now. And I will no, say no, no, that. no, wait, 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 wait. You can't go against my okay. argument now. Well, say, well no, because you, you just said something that doesn't make sense to me. How does it not make you sense? You said Gobert doesn't dominate a game. No. Okay, how's he a four-time All-NBA? Because all he's really known for is rebounding, blocks, and his defense. Exactly. He okay. dominates the game. To all be a four-time all All-Star. Four-time All-Pro. That's all he's known for. So exactly, <laughs> he doesn't dominate because he's known for that, and that's Jokic what he gets his- does that and more. He's not a five-time all defensive player. You're crazy. No, I'm Y'all not out of crazy. your mind right now. I'll so, I'll give up you, that one rebound. You're so upset about the Bruins right now. You're not even talking logically. <clears throat> so once again, if you like what you're watching, we're live every Friday night at 6 p.m. on Rhode Island Broadcasting on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter live. 
You can follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Don't have time to watch? Check us out on our podcast on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify. If you're in Southeast Connecticut, SEC TV, Public Access Channel 12, Tuesday nights at 10 p.m., rebroadcast of this live broadcast. And if you enjoy it and you're watching it now on SEC TV, come on Friday nights at 6 p.m. We are live and interactive. So if you comment, we will respond and we will actually interact with the fans as they respond. NBA, my friend. And we're going to bring up this, this young, I'm sleeping on this one. That was my fault. So let's bring up this man right here. And the all-time three-point leader, and that would be one Mr. Steph Curry, who passed Ray Allen to become the all-time three-point leader in NBA history. So my question to you is this. Can Steph Curry, so who is currently at 2,977 three-pointers made, get to 4,000 three-pointers before his career is over? How old is he? 33. Yes. So I did the math. He'd need to average 229 three-pointers for the next, like, four seasons. He's shooting usually around three to 400. I mean, making two to 300. So there's a very good possibility he's going to have 4,000 career three-pointers. I mean, you're talking if he just averages three for the rest of his career. He's got it. Is that nuts? Imagine making four thousand threes in in your and, and no nobody's gonna can nobody's anybody catch that. that never right so the only thing I would say is about this look so he's attempting currently this season thirteen point four three pointers a game it is his highest in his career he's shooting thirty nine percent which is his lowest in his career other than the one injury year where he didn't he played like eight games and obviously didn't have enough attempts. But do you also think with Clay Thompson coming back, that takes away some of his 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 attempts? Because now obviously that's another guy in the court that they're gonna utilize for that three point shot. Yeah, probably. Right. So that may hurt him a little bit. Because he really hasn't had Clay for the last two years. But if he drops down to nine per game, he still makes that three average. Legion is here. RTS, thanks for joining. Appreciate you. It's been a long time. Yes, my friend, we're glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. So, could we, and he said it, he didn't want to say it, but we consider him the greatest shooter of all time now in the NBA. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's not even a question anymore. I mean, he's so good. He's such a pure shooter. He changed the game. If you think about what you see now and a lot of these kids, I mean, the three-point line, they they really should. They, they've talked about making a four-point line, a five-point, right? In the NBA, when they do the all-star game, they used to have those, like, ten-point circles or whatever, like, from midcourt. He created that. Yeah. Because he was the one shooting it from there and during the games and making them. So he's he's revolutionized the game. If you think about what the game's become now, it's 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 more about shooting than anything else. Yeah. So, Pretty much. So Pretty the next much. the next player we're going to talk about is Zion Williamson. Which actually helps, you know, that comment that you just made actually helps my case with Jokic. <laughs> Shooting is Five more important times. than anything. 
You cannot with a five-time all-defensive all-NBA. He's not in, he doesn't impact the game. That's all he does, and he's impacting the league. All right, so Zion. Zion Williamson. So should we consider Zion Williamson a bust? So there's been another setback in his comeback. He's getting an injection um, in his bone, a biological injection to help stimulate the bone to heal after he had the uh, off-season surgery. It's about another four to six weeks to get the images back to see if that's worked. He's missed, obviously, much time with the Pelicans. Would you consider him a bust at this point? I, I would not consider him a bust right now, but I'd be concerned on whether or not he will be effective when he, when and if he comes back. Because, I mean, it's a foot injury. It's not responding very well. And, I mean, he's a big so he's yeah so, like that's a lot of pressure to put on a foot you know the impact every time you jump and you land that's the impact that's going to hinder his ability to to function you know normally throughout a game now whether or not they can solve the problem of his foot remains to be seen because it's not responding very well no and you know if that creates a problem that's going to slow him down and if there's one thing in the nba that you can't be is slow not now right. back so, in the 80s you could you could have a guy like that and just slug it out but yeah. you so know if you think about today's game no it's yeah. you got to be he was all be, it was all about the the athleticism the hops the, right. the ability to jump right and he's losing that currently so he's right. listed at 6'6", 284. And the only play, right? And I went back and I looked at it. And I said, Charles Barkley, let me just, because again, big guy. We always said he was kind of out of shape. 6'6", 250. Yeah. That's 30 more pounds. And 284 right. is probably being generous right now because I've heard he's even ballooned up more than that. Yeah. I, I think he's way too heavy. And if if that is going to stop him from a full recovery, I'd be concerned. So he's not a bust yet, but this has bust written all over right. it. I, and I, it's I, and I, it's because of an injury. You know, it's no, no, not no, his no. skill, but he's gonna lose yeah. a lot of that skill. Look, he's averaged twenty so the in his career so far, twenty five points, seven rebounds, three assists a game. Right. right? right. He, he made the all star team last year. Yeah. When he played a majority right. of the Those season. Those are impressive numbers. So you know he can play. But we also got to remember, there was, back in the day, the Oakland Raiders selected Jamarcus Russell, Yep. right? And the guy just didn't take care of himself, and he ballooned up, and it was just, listen, it's not just about what you can do on the court. It's what you do off the court. Absolutely. That's going to be the difference. And that's why I think he might be a bust, because I don't think realistically he understands that physically he has to keep himself in shape. It goes to that work (laughs) ethic, okay? And you, you mentioned, you know, football. Look, Tom Brady. Perfect example. Stays in shape, looks good, you know, and he and he takes care of his stuff off off the field. You know, Sidenio Chara playing till like he's fifty apparently. <laughs> you know, works out probably the most fit player in the league. You know, this is this is what you get when you like Michael Jordan. Look at that work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, off the court, 
it, it makes a difference. And if you let yourself go as a professional athlete, that catches up with you real fast. And if Zion doesn't get it under control, he's going to be out of the league in three years. Yeah, which is crazy, which is crazy. We're going to talk about your number one topic now. And hopefully we can keep you calm and your blood pressure down. So we're going to discuss some Bruins. And basically what happened last night, they lost to the Islanders 3-1. Obviously without several of their key players, seven players out, including Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Did the NHL get right? <laughs> and Swayman, right? You're, you're, you're probably your starting goalie if you really want to. Yes. Yes. Just a, a little ahead of Omar, which he should be a lot ahead, but that's besides the point. Did the NHL get this run right? No, they should not have even played Thursday. Not even just because the Bruins had to play with less players than what you're allowed, but knowing that they were going through all these positive cases, why risk? the island is getting reinfected because they just finished all that. You know, it's like, why I, why did you allow them to play? Like, it, but, but the NHL also canceled all of Colorado's games through Christmas with five players out. So why are they getting, you know, all those games postponed and the Bruins get one game you know, tomorrow night, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to end up, you know, postponing the Ottawa game on Sunday, but they haven't yet. Like, why aren't they getting the same treatment as Colorado, Calgary, and Florida? All have their games postponed through Christmas, but the Bruins don't. That doesn't make any sense. And, it, so, and it's and it, it's really upsetting. It's really I upsetting. Wanna, I was going to let you rant for a little bit. And I'm, I'm starting to look at it this way. They're already missing a lot of games, and I think as a as a league, they're trying to figure out what was the best scenario. I agree with you, right? Like you're, you're talking about possibly infecting other players on other teams, which then carries it to other teams, which could have been more massive of a spread. Right. That's but how I the also, Bruins got it. They got it from Calgary. Yeah. So so I, I, I get where you're coming from. But what do you really do? I don't know. I mean, that's that's where – I know it's a tough situation, but, you know, if you're doing something for one team, it should be the same for all teams. And they've done it for three of them. They did it for the Islanders. They did it for Ottawa. They did it for all these teams, can't like postponing games. But they make the Bruins play. Uh, that To me, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I don't know if it was a team decision, but it shouldn't even be – you know, up to the team at that point. It should be up to the, you know, the scope of COVID. And, you know, you don't want to infect people. Yeah, so they they postponed their next game against the Canadians. But I also feel like Canada is definitely taking a different approach. Um, We were talking earlier before we started the show, right, that it seems like Canada is definitely not allowing uh, fans into the the arenas anymore. A lot of bans on traveling if you're not you know, vaccinated and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So I think as this continues to progress, you're going to see more cancellations or postponements until, or these teams may have to play in the United States again. Well, see, now you, you mentioned Canada. Okay. So you're, you're looking at two countries that are approaching things differently. You know, Canada 
seems to be pretty united and saying, okay, we're going to, you know, step back again. The United States has taken the other approach. That we, like, you know, stop infringing on our rights. You know, like, th- enough's enough now. Like, really, enough is enough. Like, that only goes so far because it's not making anything better. You're just making the country worse and worse and worse by having that attitude. And, and you know, I don't – look, I'm not one for talking politics, but, you know, the, the politicians are all at fault for yeah. what's going on in the United States and what's going on in the sports world. You know, and and, it, and it's not even just the sports world. You look at Broadway; they're canceling shows. Yep, they are now. And, and and this is this is becoming a big problem for this country because we can't get out of our own way. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's recirculating as we thought we were getting getting out of it. Yeah, we're no, coming, two coming years and we're still right back yeah, to square it's one. Circling again, so. Let's talk about the coach of the Boston Bruins. So I had put up a couple of Facebook and Twitter polls. And one of the uh, discussions was around Bruce Cassidy and should the, the Boston Bruins consider firing Bruce Cassidy. So I will ask you first, because obviously you follow the team. You follow the team more than uh, probably most. Would you fire Bruce Cassidy? No. But you're not saying that with a straight face. With that being said, yes, I don't fire him now because of everything that's been going on with the COVID situation. You can't do that now because there's so much uncertainty on what's going on with the Bruins that you have to make sure that you have that solid foundation in place to get through all of this. But I will say that I have become increasingly more and more impatient on how he's handling the lines. I, I don't, I don't like some of the gameplay from some of these players that have just been floating around, and it isn't DeBrusque. DeBrusque has played practically pretty decent. I'm talking about players like Pasternak, and I'm talking about players like Hall. They're floating around. They're getting force-fed each other. Like, at some point, you've got to change that line of Coil, Pasternak, and and Hall because it sucks. Plain and simple. They suck together. Okay? Like, I, give me – put put Studnika with, with Pasternak and DeBrusque, and let's try that. That's what I would do keep Coyle and Hall and put them with whoever. Like, I, I don't even know who you have at so, this point. So, again, obviously you follow it more, you watch it more. But this is what I'm going to give you. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors going around. Uh, Marshan possibly came out or there was a discussion that he came and had to have a conversation with Cassidy about losing the locker room. Right. That's what made me ask this question. Because oh, you start I, to look, listen, but you no, start and to look I agree the, with that. Right? I agree if you start to that. look at the Jaguars situation, what yeah. happened? The coach lost that locker room early, quick, and yeah, the team yeah. responds a certain way. And listen, this team is far too talented not to be better than they are. Right. And 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 I'll go further with that, Eric. Like that is a legitimate thing. Okay. The only reason why I say don't fire him right now is because of the COVID thing. 
you can't do that and until the players start coming back and because yeah. you can't you can't put a new coach in there although the bench coach you know he actually did pretty good <laughs> but again he kept the same lines because Cassidy was sending him the messages on what to do yeah look and and I think Marshan has a gripe and I'm probably assuming that is pretty true because Marshan is going to speak up I mean and I know he sees what's going on with some of these players look like Hall has got five goals since Marshan got his suspension Hall has done nothing but force pass Pasternak time and time and time again and it's not even the situation where to pass most of the time Pasternak is assuming that Hall is going to shoot and he's not even expecting a pass and then it gets turned over and goes the other way and that's resulted in some goals yeah you know it, it, at some point you got to make these players accountable I don't care who you are you know don't keep putting them up on the first line if he's not playing that well you know, Hall has not deserved to be on the first line. Plain and simple. You know, let's give somebody a shot. Like, get these kids up there and let, let them go. 67% winning percentage in the regular season. 208 wins, 92 losses. 33 and 33 in the playoffs. Yeah, that's He's unacceptable. Up, right? That, so in if Boston, you think about, that's unacceptable. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you think about the organization and what they're trying to do, Yep. To be a 500 coach in the playoffs is when you really want him to win. Yeah, like, so. uh, like I would, I would definitely have that that coaching change in mind at some point. So, you know, but on, it's when the team is back and yeah. And no, I, I understand what you're saying. On the Facebook poll, uh, 118 to 50 said no, they would not want him fired. So much more in favor. On Twitter, though, 58% said yes. So the, the Twitter fans are a little more upset with them than I guess the Facebook fans right now. Yeah, and, and I'm 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 with both sides to be honest with you. Not now, but when all the players return, give them two games, see what happens, and Maybe. then you pull the trigger. Because you can't wait too long. All right. Great, great hockey talk. So let me ask you this. We're going to our face-off, and the question is, do you agree with college football players sitting out the bowl games to prepare for the NFL draft? So Pickett for Pittsburgh's already said he's sitting out. He's not going to play. And the running back for Michigan State, and I don't recall his name at this point, is also going to sit out because he's preparing for the draft as well. One of us has to be for them sitting, and one of us has to be against it. So – I am first this week, but I will let you pick which side you want to argue because I could argue either side. Uh, I I can't even I, – I have to go against. So I, you're against I, I can't Thanksgiving? even argue for, so. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm for it. I'll start. Yep. So I look at it this way. If you get a devastating injury in these games and you're considered a first-round draft pick, you're talking about millions of dollars possibly being lost and the opportunity to play in the NFL. So I understand why they would do it because again, it's no different than these college coaches who decided to leave. Right. So look at Notre Dame and what happened with, with uh, Kelly and he just up and left and actually hurt their chances of getting into the uh, championship series. And it was okay for him to make that decision. 
but we're not going to let these players make a decision to protect their future by sitting out this game. That really means nothing at this point to them. You're not getting a, a you know, so you get a, a trophy for winning the peach bowl or whatever. Does that really matter in the longevity of what you could possibly do in the NFL? So to me, absolutely makes sense for them to sit out and protect their futures, especially if you know, you're going to be in the first round There's, and these two are both a lock. Do they get a lifetime supply of peaches? I think they the get like bowl? a year, probably a year. I wouldn't think because if it's a lifetime supply, then you know, then you play it because you get you play peaches it. for the rest of your you life. Play it. Yeah, you get peaches the rest of your all life. All right. So, like, I get all that and I understand that. That was great two years ago. I understood that two years ago. What's different from then? Well, don't the college players now get paid? Some don't do, they yeah. make money Some playing in college? Some of them. Not all that is what's different. And I'm telling you, if you're getting paid to play, you get your butt on that field and you play the game. If you're getting paid, you get out there. You don't have the right anymore to sit out because you're getting paid to play in that game. So if those two guys aren't getting paid, you're okay with it. If they're if they're not getting paid, I'm okay with that. I won the argument. Okay. No, you did not win the argument because they're getting paid. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> They are getting you know paid. The funny thing? So let me tell you this, though. You know the one other thing I would have probably argued for your side? Oh, I wasn't done. Oh, you're not done. <laughs> I wasn't done. <clears throat> the second thing is <clears throat> what it tells your team, well, oh, I'm going to sit out because I'm going to be a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. That means you don't even care about your teammates. There we go. That's <clears throat> the argument you should have made. That was the second part. That was okay. the big part. Don't worry about the money. When thing. you when you are on a team, you are with them 100%. There is no, oh, well, I don't want to get an injury, so I'm going to sit out because I might get picked, you know, fifth in the draft this year. So I'm going to protect myself. You, 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 like, really? How fair is really? it to that Has offensive it come lineman? to this? Yeah, that offensive lineman that blows out his knee in that game trying to protect you. Right, right. And now his career is over, and that could have been before these bowl games. Right, and right. like, so right, yeah, right. I agree with you on that part. So yeah, but I mean, what it's telling the team yeah, that you're getting your drafted by is yeah. that you don't care about anybody but yourself. Loyalty. And and, and I don't I don't like it. I don't like. No, I agree with you. Sitting out. I don't. Like I agree. It. I agree with you, but I also think about their future. So but I could go yes, I can that's see right both there. sides of it. Yeah, that's that's what. I, and thanks but, for still being here, RTS. Appreciate you. Um, Once again, if you enjoy what you're watching, check us out every Friday night at 6 p.m. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Don't have time to watch? Listen to us on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify, all the podcasts there. Southeast Connecticut, SEC-TV. Public Access Channel 12 every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Rebroadcast of this live broadcast. So if you're watching on TV, check us out on Friday nights at 6 p.m. We are interactive. If you jump on, we will definitely respond to your comments, as we have been doing with Legion tonight. So thank you. Yeah, don't forget uh, a sponsorship. subscribe and sponsors. Right. right? If oh. you'd like, uh, like us to spon- if you'd like to sponsor the show and we can actually uh, advertise your business on our show, uh, ch- uh, check out Rhode Island Broadcasting 
um, email Ron. He will definitely give you all the information as what that would entail. And we'd love to have some sponsorships so we can continue to grow the show and continue to do more. All right, my friend. Best episode, uh, best uh, segment of the show every week. Pick and roll. This is always fun to do. So this week we are going to do the top This is a tough one. Right? The last five number one draft picks in the NBA, not including this year's pick. So not Cade Cunningham. Everybody but Cade. So the last five previous number one draft picks. And the players are Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, DeAndre Ayton, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Edwards. So I am first this week. So I am sure, like as of last week, right, we were dead on with our – so we're already off with the – the triple play wasn't the same this week. I got a feeling this isn't going to be the same again. So it was only one week running that we were, we agreed on everything. Because at number five, Markel Fultz, 10 points a game, 3.3 rebounds, 4.6 assists, has not played a game this season, has missed a lot of season. Honestly, has not been a very good draft pick. When when uh, the Celtics made this trade and got uh, Tatum, what a great move for Danny Ainge. <laughs> Like, because if this was the guy, that we might ended actually up with, be the best trade in history for the Celtics. Because uh, if we had got this guy, oh my goodness, absolutely think he's he's he's. We talk bust. He's a bigger bust. But at number four, I had Zion Williamson. Twenty-five points a game, seven rebounds, three assists. Right, was uh, nineteen and twenty All Rookie Team, one All Star. Hasn't played this season. Missed most of his first season, so he's only really played one season. So if you think about it, in three years, you've only gotten a handful of games. He hasn't even played a full technical season yet. I think he's at 83 games. So he's played like a season in one game in his three-year career. So I don't consider him uh, one of the tops. At number three, and this is where it started to get really difficult, and it started to – but I went Ben Simmons. Oh. 15 points a game, eight rebounds, seven assists, three-time all-star, two-time all-defensive. So his numbers – so he's done some stuff on the court. Was the 17-18 rookie of the year. So again, you think about it, best rookie. He did miss his first season, though, and there was controversy because of that when he won the rookie of the year because technically it was his second season, but they basically redshirted him, which doesn't happen in the NBA. But he hasn't played a game again this season as well. So you think about the time missed. We talk about team. We talk about loyalty. Definitely, clearly not one of those guys. Like, he's just one of those guys. Number two, I went DeAndre Ayton. 16 points a game, 10 rebounds, one assist, 18-19, all-rookie team. He is ascending. The problem is in the league that the big men don't get enough credit, and I feel like he's honestly going to be around for quite some time, especially with Phoenix if they continue to do what they're doing. But I had to go with Anthony Edwards at one. And I just look at what he's done from his first year to this year. All his numbers are up across the board. His scoring, his shooting percentage, his three-point percentage, his free throw shooting. Everything has gone up. He was an all-rookie last year for 2021. And I honestly think that he's probably the next Dwayne Wade is who he was compared to. I could see that same style, that same play from him. He will be an all-star this season. I think he's averaging 25 points a game this season. If he continues those numbers, he's going to be an all-star, and he'll be on this. To me, he's going to be around for the next 10 years and putting up great numbers. 
And not to mention the transition from actor to basketball player. Yes, you wanted to put that in. You got it. I had to. I, I had it. to. How I long ER, ER has been off the? the I don't ER. know. It's been off for a while. Most okay. of the fans don't even know what ER is, but I do. And as long as I think it's funny, it's good. <laughs> we go with it. All right. So number five, I thought that was pretty clear. Faults just doesn't have the numbers and as far as i'm concerned he's never going to ascend no it's that it's just not gonna happen agree that was the easy decision that was was easy yep agree number four i have zion williamson and only because i don't think he's going to recover from his injury but if he does he's number one but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to hinder him for the rest of his career. And that might only be, you know, two or three more seasons because of that foot problem. Uh, so I put him at number four, but he clearly had the most yeah. talent. The, the, yes. And from there, I went with Anthony Edwards. Wow. Um, it was it was tough because like one two and three to me were were a toss they're, they're up. Very close, yes. Um, I like the twenty point one points, you know, uh, the five rebounds, three point one assists. I think they can get better, and I think he will still. I think he's still on the rise. Yeah. So again, like I said, his numbers are better so far this season than last, which is a good right. sign. That's where right. you want to go. You want and go. it's still rising. Yep. But as of right now, I still have him at three okay. because I think at number two, Ben Simmons, he just needs to get back on the court oh, and yeah. fix what's in here. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't want to play for them, find a way to get get, get he, on a team that – Like you're looking 15.9, 8.17.7. I mean, he almost averages a triple-double. Yeah. Like he's got the skill, and he actually could do that on the right team. Boston. But you're not going to get on the right team if you don't fix the yep. brain. Boston. So, number one, I went with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, the guy is averaging a double-double. And he's still on the rise. Yep. Like, 16.1, 10.7. Like, this guy, like you said, like, bigs don't get enough credit. This guy is demanding the credit right now. And give him a couple of years, he might be the biggest star as a big man in the game in a couple of years. Yeah. And I love it. He just I mean, needs to get that recognition. Him and Booker are probably going to be around quite some time with Phoenix, so they're going to be able to make some noise. Yeah, um, and, and I want to see that. I, as a sports fan, would love to see Phoenix win a championship as long as it doesn't get in the way of Boston. Yeah, no. So Which great pick not and roll. Listen, anytime soon. So no, great pick and roll, man. I, I thought that was a fun one, um, as usual. Some great play. Like yeah, look, the really, NBA. Really. The NBA is in good hands with these up and coming stars. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you still have the faithful, you know, KD and Curry, you know, and uh, maybe LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. But, um, you know, but we're in good hands with these young stars coming up. Like I like what I see 
from a lot of these players that are just getting into the league. And some of them, you know, they're not the big player on the team, but when you get those players that come off of a bench and change a game, that is, that's an all-star to me. Yeah. Because that, that is what you need. You need somebody to come off that bench and, and light a fire. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun time to be an NBA fan. It is. Prediction time. And uh, you won last week two to one. Oh. Yeah. So you're on that little streak here. The funny thing is you lost the hockey one. (laughs) What was the hockey win last week? I don't know. Edmonton and uh, I don't, I don't even remember, but Carolina. Yes. Yeah. So Carolina went in with uh, COVID problems. So let's look at on December 18th, got the New England Patriots at the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, I'm, I'm riding the Pats. I'm going Colts again. And only because, again, so yeah. far, every week Your I've theory. been against them, they've won the Patriots. Yeah. I will take that loss every week, I told you. Yeah. Green Bay on December 19th nice. at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it's Green Bay. Uh, like, this isn't even, I don't even think it's going to be close. It's not going to be I'm, close. I'm going to go Green Bay as well. How could you not? On December 21st, the Washington Wizards are at the Brooklyn Nets. Oof. That's a good game. It should be. Um, I'm going to go home team on this one. I think that what ultimately wins this game. I, I like Brooklyn. Uh, I think Washington's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. They're not as good as they were earlier in the season. So I'm going Brooklyn. December 23rd, Atlanta Hawks at the Philadelphia 76ers. Look, I like this Atlanta Hawks team. I've actually watched a few of their games rather than watch the, the Celtics. Because yeah. <laughs> this team is exciting, exciting to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, they have some exciting young players that – young players. Young players. I got you. Yeah, Trey yeah. Young. Very good. Yeah. You're, you're, you are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I'm going Atlanta – yeah, me too. Uh, I, I love. I like this team. I think they're going to finish top three in that conference. I like it. Uh, already bold predictions. December eighteenth, NHL, Tampa Bay Lightning at the Colorado Avalanche, who just became the number one team on the Sports Unfolded NHL. We cannot ranking. do this game because call all Colorado games until uh, after uh, Christmas are right gone. So Kansas. it is off the board. All right. So nobody wins. Gotcha. So we got one more game. Nashville at Carolina, and that's on the 19th for NHL. I'm going to go Nashville because this game could actually ultimately be canceled as well because Carolina has started getting some players that are getting COVID protocol. Um but if it is played, I, I got to think that Nashville is going to win because I think they're going to have some key players out for Carolina. And it's a mess. It's so a I'm going to go Nashville as well. So the only game we have different is the Colts, Patriots, and I'm giving you that win next week. I will give it to you gladly if the New England Patriots can pull this off. So tough week. I mean, there wasn't a lot of great games. And then we go into – Next Friday, and then we got Christmas, so there's some good Christmas games on the NBA and stuff, and we'll obviously pick those out. Yeah, you know, I, I would actually, you know, like I keep, 
asking for this from from the uh, executives of Sports Unfolded. Some if soccer. we can do a basketball show on a Sunday, that yeah, would be we nice. Can, we can definitely try to do that without a doubt. We'll have to see if Kenny's available. Yeah, Get Kenny back on the uh, the old Sports Unfolded here. So, um, as we normally do, we end each show. We do a final thought, and our final thought doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports-related. It can be about anything going on in the world today. Um, so I actually have two today that I'd like to uh, to go over. And the first one is uh, about Tiger Woods and just the sheer fact that he was able to come back from the injury and is playing in a tournament with his son. Obviously, it's nothing in, of significance when it comes to winning championships or majors. But just the fact of the, that he can he's able to walk and and participate with his you know kid, I think that was great. I thought that um, if you look at them side by side and when they're hitting the the golf ball, they look identical. It's it's pretty scary. It it goes to show we may have a, a future, you know, great again in golf. And it's the last name will be Woods again. So that'll be pretty fun. It was actually pretty. It was pretty special to see, to be honest with you. And I'm not like a big Tiger Woods fan yeah. or anything. Um, but to see that, it was amazing. It was and you amazing. think about it, like he's been through so much in his life. And we're not going to say he was the greatest person in the world. He's made some mistakes. Right. But that 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 car accident could have been devastating on so many aspects of either yeah, him dying like, like, or losing his leg. And he was able to come back. Right. And, you know, it, in a bad accident where you might feel you're lucky you survived, you know, it gives you a new lease on life. And I'm seeing it with him and his son. Like, to me, that's what he's focused on. I don't think he's focused on winning as much as he is sharing a moment with his kid. And that's the special thing. That's the kind of thing I like to see at Christmas time. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, so unfortunately, my second one, and if you, if my producer could bring up that picture real quick, um, this was my dog, uh, Coco. Uh, we had him for 13 years. Unfortunately, we had to put him down this week. Uh, had something with uh, his jaw that ended up causing, but he was a great dog. We loved him as a family. Um, so obviously, he's somewhere running around with you know some other dogs. But um, just wanted to say I loved loved him, and uh, we'll, we'll miss him. But uh, that was my final thought. Yeah. It's not easy losing a, a family member. And let's be yeah. clear. I mean, I went through it a long time ago with my dog Smokey when we had to put him down. And that was, that was probably the most difficult thing, you know, outside of immediate family, of yeah, course. Absolutely. But I, I, I feel your pain, Eric. I Thank feel you. your pain. And so sorry for your loss. Thank you. So my final thought. Pretty simple. It goes out to Stamkos, Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just notched his 900th point of his career. Um, I mean, he's he's on his way to his Hall of Fame career. Um, I don't think it's a question of whether he gets in or not. He's got Stanley Cups. He's got so much offense. You know, it, it's almost impossible guy and when he when he's eligible um so congratulations steven santos but you're only 300 away from into the top 50 
Wow. <laughs> Is that insane? Wow. So good luck with that quest. <laughs> I don't think you have enough years left in you to do that. But you need 300 points. Just to get to good the top luck. of the page. Wow. Good luck. That's insane. Uh, so once again, want to thank everybody that's joined us tonight. If you're watching us, you know what I mean? Like, subscribe, follow. Uh, so many different ways to do that. Check us out every Friday night, 6 p.m. We're live on so many different platforms. We're also able to, um, you know, listen to us on our podcast. So we appreciate all the fans out there. Ron, always, as as always, man, a great show. Love doing this with you. Can't wait. We're, we're so close to a year hey, now. We got two episodes left of season one. Then it's season two, and we're, we're ready to roll. We're but we ready. got some we're special ready. stuff coming for you next couple, couple of weeks. We, so. we do. We definitely do. We got the NFL preview, uh, playoff preview show coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then our first annual Sports Unfolded Awards show. So we're going to have some fun with that as well. So check that out. Uh, we can't wait. RTS, thanks for joining. So Legion, you, you've been awesome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Everybody that's watched, we appreciate you. Ron, my main man, appreciate you. And we'll see you soon. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we'll see uh, New England post-game. Yep. Somewhere so, around 11.30 or so. Yeah, probably. Probably. So we'll see you tomorrow night. Hopefully, we'll get Kenny on for that as well. Third Mistress, yes. thanks for joining us late. We appreciate it. Yes. Everybody out there, have a great night. Peace. We'll see you next time.